So tonight we begin our midweek Lenten journey, and thank you for coming out uh, tonight and being here. We're going to spend the next five weeks in the midweek of Lent looking specifically at Eucharist, at the sacrament we, we so greatly uh, receive as a, as a beautiful gift in our lives. And the, the ph- phenomenal, the interesting, the fascinating thing about Eucharist is that throughout the scriptures there are many metaphors used to describe the benefits this meal has for us, for his people, for God's children. And each one is, is very different. Each one focuses on something different and, and applies to our life in a different way. So today, as you heard earlier, we're going to talk about fruit, a life-giving fruit. Now back in Eden, there was a garden, a wonderful garden, and Adam was given a simple word. All the trees, all the fruit, all the plants, you may eat of them all. It's all gift. It is all for you, except for this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in the midst of that, we have this scene of a temptation, that the serpent tempts Eve, and Eve sees that the fruit looks pleasing to the eye. You know, that's the interesting thing with the image I used earlier. None of you are sitting there thinking that looks really pleasing to the eye. Maybe some of you are. You're into eating plastic, I guess. Like a dog or something might eat that. But the fruit Eve saw was pleasing to the eye. It was desirable. It was tempting. And so she looks at it and she sees it's good for for food and it's good for gaining of knowledge. And she eats. She takes a bite. And then she gives it to Adam who is right there with her the whole time. And this word that God had given to them in his love, in his care, in his compassion to protect them from doing harm to themselves. Adam and Eve strictly disobey. And with that, this curse comes upon all of humanity and has been coming upon all humans since And they're cast into exile. And there are days I wake up and I think on this singular act and the evil it ushered into the world and I become a little bit indignant about it all. Like if I was there, surely I would have appreciated all the other gift that God had given and I would have said, no, I don't need that tree's fruit. Surely I would have done something differently. I wouldn't have thrown humanity into this death spiral for the duration of the earth. But when we stop and we pause and we reflect, we realize that ever since that day, each and every one of us have chosen the fruit of death day in and day out. That again and again we choose a a fruit that that doesn't give life, that doesn't nourish, that doesn't sustain, but, but leaves us wanting. How many times do we go back to the well of some sin where we think we're going to finally find some satisfaction or happiness now and it leaves us sad, broken, pathetic. It's as if we're eating our whole lives, we're eating stones 
and hoping they, they help out with our diets and whatever else. And we're wasting away. Each day we relive that moment in Eden. Each day we relive this, this moment in time that forever changed the cosmos. And, and we're kind of like Adam and Eve. We want to hide it all. Sometimes we think the greatest good is that no one knows that we've sinned. The greatest good is that no one knows how bad we are. So if I just hide in a bush, maybe God won't see me. Or my neighbor. The person sitting right next to me in the pew at this moment. Maybe they won't see. As if the goal of humanity is to make sure everyone thinks we're, we're not that bad. Or worse yet, we, we don't even reflect on our part in all of this. We, we don't pause and reflect and look back and think of our role in this all and instead just push it on somebody else. We fail then to recognize who we are. Broken. Again and again broken by our own devices. Sinners of the fall. In need of a Savior. And in the midst of the curse comes a blessing. A Jewish man who was born of a woman named Mary. And instead of disobedience, this time we find faithfulness. I cannot imagine what it was like for Mary that day. As the angel of the Lord Gabriel comes to her with a message and says, You're going to be great with child and it's going to be God. Could you imagine? Talk about responsibility. We get upset when someone asks us to do a chore. You're going to bear the Son of God. I can only imagine that Mary was tempted by a simpler life. One with less trial and hardship. One with much less scandal than a child born outside of wedlock. Yet here she is, this, this young girl, 14, 15 years old maybe. And she looks at Gabriel and she says, I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me as you have spoken. In obedience to the word of God. She embraced it even with the hardship it would come with. And so her and Joseph raised Jesus. And they raised him, and he was obedient to the will of his father, his heavenly father. In the gospel reading today, uh, Mark, it's, it's interesting. It's the shortest of the temptations. I don't know if you caught it. It happened quickly. He's baptized. He goes to the wilderness. He's tempted 40 days, and he's done. And it's like, oh, that sounds quick. If you read the other accounts, Matthew and Luke, you have the three specific temptations, one of them being turn these stones into bread so you can eat. This temptation of food that goes all the way back to Eden. However, the shortcoming of those verses is when you read Matthew and Luke's account of the temptation, you may think to yourself, oh, it, it all happened over 15 minutes. Isn't that nice? It didn't. Hear what Mark said. For 40 days, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. For 40 days, he endured temptation. And he did not give in. He was obedient to God's word and promise. 
the simple pleasures and the simple food of this life could not keep him from accomplishing his work for our sake. So that Jesus goes from the wilderness, the beginning of his ministry, all the way to the end of his ministry, where he is obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. And so there Jesus is, hanging from a cursed tree on the top of Mount Calvary. And he offers his broken body, and he offers the blood flowing from his side for us. And so where one tree offered a fruit that gave death, now Jesus is upon a tree hanging, a fruit hanging, to give life. Where one simple fruit forever closed the doors of Eden to mankind. Now the sacrifice of Calvary opens to all the people the doors of paradise. To all God's children, there is simple food, a fruit, wine, become for us blood, bread, become for us his body. We call it Eucharist, we call it communion, we call it the Lord's Supper. And when we receive his very body and his very blood, have no doubt that we receive eternal life. And it's such a simple meal. Such a simple meal. No one is coming up here blown away by what you get to eat. Oh, look at that cracker. No one says that. And maybe my kids do, but... Unless we know what it truly is, his body and blood, to our eyes it can seem so ordinary. So ordinary that it's not worth paying attention to. So ordinary that it's not worth putting value in. But it is worth more than all the glorious riches of the world. And it's interesting, when you compare the simplicity of this food with the apple that Eve ate that was, or the fruit that Eve ate that was a delight to the eye, God is not trying to wow us and glamour us with some great spectacle. He simply comes and says, believe. Believe. And so we receive a simple meal today. That we, as we heard in Revelation, may enter into the holy city. Where the tree of life was once taken away, it's now placed back into our hands. For you, for me. Do not eat of this fruit lest you die. Now becomes eat of this fruit so that you may live. And live forever. I want to read to you from the hymn we sang. Sometimes we sing hymns. We don't pay attention to words. We're just happy when they're done. Did you, get, did you hear the words of that first hymn? I want to read them to you. The tree of life with every good In Eden's holy orchard stood. And of its fruit so pure and sweet God let the man and woman eat. 
Yet in this garden also grew another tree of which they knew, its lovely limbs with fruit adorned, against whose eating God had warned. The stillness of that sacred grove was broken as the serpent strove with tempting voice, Eve to beguile, and Adam too by sin defile. O day of sadness, when the breath of fear and darkness, doubt and death, its awful poison first displayed within the world so newly made. What mercy God showed to our race, a plan of rescue by his grace in sending one from woman's seed, that one to fill our greatest need. For on a tree uplifted high, his only son for sin would die, would drink the cup of scorn and dread to crush that ancient serpent's head. Now from that tree of Jesus' shame flows life eternal in his name. For all who trust and will believe, salvation's living fruit receive. And of this fruit so pure and sweet, the Lord invites the world to eat, to find within this cross of wood the tree of life with every good. And so we come now to that tree of life, to receive its fruits, to receive its gifts, to receive eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.